Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Being accountable to the body of Christ, really important. The Bible says that some are sick, some are weak, and some have even separated themselves because they did not take in, they did not consider the body of Christ. Some are weak, some are sick, and some have even died in their spiritual walk because they failed to discern the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is those that gather and come together in the spirit and in the knowledge and the mind of God. Uh, really powerful how within this body. I don't know if you guys have had this experience. If I talk to uh, Kenny, he's telling me something. If I run across Joey, he tells me something. I run across some of the, the team members here at Spring of Life. And they tell me something. It's almost I'm getting feedback constantly um, from people that affirm and confirm what God wants to do in our midst. And wants to do with our lives and are speaking into us. As you press into the body of Christ, you'll, you'll notice that. And it's a, it's a refreshing feeling. Let's pray this morning for the word of God. Father, we give you thanks for your goodness in this place. We give you thanks for the opportunity to partake in the gathering of those who love you and honor you and serve you. And want to praise and worship your name for all eternity. We pray that your word would be a lamp unto our feet. Would be a light unto our path. That it would be that... A double-edged sword that would really cut into us and give us conviction in between our soul and our spirit so that we could align ourselves with the heart of God. We pray, Father God, that your spirit would be upon us strongly today and that your grace would be poured out upon us so that we might see, so that we might discern, so we might speak and do the will of God, which is glorious we pray, Father God, that we might live the story you have written about us in your book, O oh God. We pray, Father God, that your word today would be a good seed planted in our hearts that would give forth good fruit and a harvest that would manifest and glorify your name here upon the earth. This we pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. One of the things that we were discussing this week is found in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9, where Paul is writing these words, and it seems a little bit unusual to us. He says, having made known, having revealed to us the mystery of his will. There was a time in my life where I didn't know the will of God from the will of anything that was uh, directing my footsteps. And the will of God is that which directs your life to a purpose, to a provision. And he says that this mystery has been revealed and made known to us according to what brings him pleasure and what he purposed uh, in his plans. It's a good thing. How many, how many really have become familiar and are getting to know a little bit of the will of God? You, can, you, know, the, the, you know what God wants from you. You know where he's leading you. Um, you he's shedding light in, uh, in the next couple of steps, in verse 10, he says, This period of time called the fullness of time. Verse 10. This period of time known as the fullness of time 
You guys going to put verse 10 up there anytime soon? There you go. Now, this dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together everyone in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth. He's bringing everything into that purpose to fulfill the call of God. And, and I'm interested in knowing if you know how you fit in this purpose. How is it that you are part of the grand scheme of God's purpose for you in this life? And I want to tell you that there is no other pleasure than doing the will of God. The pleasures of this life that people um, pursue. Uh, when David was writing about doing the purpose of God for his life in Psalm 4 verse 7, he says, I have more joy in my life than when these guys are Full blast. You have put gladness in my heart more than in the season of what their grain and their wine increased. He says, if you grab a person that's outside of the will of God and he has the full measure of that increase and volume uh, for an accountant, it's tax season. And, and he's in the, the full expression of his greatness. Or an athlete, when he's hit a home run, like, like last night, Raul Ibanez hit and tied and took it into extra innings. When you're at that full glory, that is nothing compared to us that are in the will of God. And he says, I have, uh, God has put gladness in my heart more than in the seasons of their increase. When things are, are doing uh, huge, I, I don't know what that is with respect to outside of the will of God having success and victory. Because that's a lot of us are going in that direction. We think that that with the day that I have, my, and then you fill in the blank. The day that I can see, and you fill in the blank. Guess what? It's when you're in the will of God that the largest expression of gladness is there. And it adds this element of it in verse 8, which it says, Because at this time in your will of God, I will lie down in peace and sleep, for you alone make me safe. And these other people that are out there in the full expression of the glory of their will have to go get a good psychiatrist. Have to go find... You know, how they're going to sleep at night, how they're going to put their family together, how they're going to raise their kids. But as you do the will of God, everything is put together in a magnificent way. And, and for a lot of people, this is not a reality. In other words, as we're trying to reveal the mystery of his will, we know one thing for sure. That if we're outside of his will, no matter what we're doing, we're miserable. It doesn't matter what you're able to accomplish. Your full plans outside of God, Kurt Cobain, the full expression of his will, famous, money, writing songs, doing everything that he wanted, the next best thing was putting a shotgun up to his face and blowing his brains out. Being away from God's will, you're going to want to kill yourself. You want to take your life. You want to, there is no hope. There is no safety. There is no peace. All these things that are, that are valuable beyond measure. And every time uh, I've had, and it's very unusual how I've had, but I, I think that the, the more you take God serious, the more the devil wants to move you. So Jesus was serious about doing the will of God. So the devil took him to a high mountain and says, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the earth. I'll give you all the glory of the world if you bow down and worship me. And he says, no way, Jose. I don't know. That was the nickname for the devil. No way, Jose. 
There's no way you're going to give me another plan for my life because my plan is the greatest. I'm going to do the will of God. And no one's going to stop me. So I'm in the unusual scenario that since I'm so serious about doing the will of God, the devil is continually dropping carrots around my head, wanting me to be distracted and go in the wrong direction. But only a donkey would do that. You could say amen right there. Only a dummy would do that. As the devil puts a, a carrot out in front of your nose, if you follow that carrot, you're a donkey. You're a dummy. And you want to know something. Here it goes. That many carrots in these days, and I've seen them, put out in front of my face. And I said, you have no idea. A man came with bags full of diamonds, and he put them before me. He says, look. And I said, poor fool. Poor fool. He's traded the glory of the will of God for dust. For dust. When he gets up in heaven and he sees the gates made out of diamonds, he's going he's gonna to feel so bad that he traded the glory of God for the glory of this world. And so another man, he says, why don't you become a political candidate, run for the office of mayor of Miami? Ha! Ah. I said, are you kidding me? That would be a demotion. That would be falling short of fulfilling the call of God for my life. Another man says, money, your money. I said, you're a poor, wretched fool because there's something that's worth more than gold and silver and it's wisdom. And we're pursuing the wisdom of God. We're pursuing things that cannot be purchased with money and that far surpass the value of money. So it's not those that, are, um, that finally reach uh, their career and education. It's not those that finally attain to their dreams. It's not those who finish their goals. That's not what I'm talking about when we're talking about doing the will of God. I'm talking about to strip ourselves from human aspirations. Peter spoke it this way in 1 Peter chapter 4. He said these things. He says, even if the will of God causes us to go towards suffering, towards hardship, I'll guarantee you one thing. If you're going to do the will of God, it's going to hurt. You're going to hurt because we saw the first runner, Jesus Christ, and he was sweating blood. And he was saying, Father, I don't want to do this, but not my will. Thine be done. So it's going to cost you something. First uh, Peter chapter 4, verse 1. Peter writes these words. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same mind. Get ready for the same things. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Verse 2. That he no longer should live the rest of the time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. You know what's going to hurt about doing the will of God? That you're not going to give the flesh its desire. You're not going to run after the things of this world like other people do. You see, Katy Perry decided that she would leave the church and leave the fellowship and leave her Christian call because it was easier and faster to say, I kissed a girl and I think I like it, and she got instantly famous. She got instant money. She got instant notoriety. But to be a Christian and to do the will of God, you're going to have to say, I'm no longer going to walk like the, the people in the lust of the flesh. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. It's not going to be easy to sit there and say, I'm not going to hang out with worldly friends. I'm not going to sit there and do what I want. I'm curious for those people who live their life doing what they want. 
They're the most miserable people I know. For the Bible says, and we're not going to go there yet, but in James 3.16 it says that when you pursue all your selfish ambition, there is where there's a nice bed of demons. A nice bed, it's prepared for you to be tormented. For you to experience every perverse spirit, every wrong feeling. We go on to 1 Peter 4 and verse 2. And then we go to verse 3. For we have spent enough. How many are sick and tired of sick and tired? We spent enough time in the past doing the will of the Gentiles. The Gentiles are those that aren't doing the will of God. How many know a Gentile? I know a couple of Gentiles. The ones that don't do the will of God. We spent enough time doing like the Gentile does when we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, abominable idolatries. We spent enough time doing that stuff. Um, if there's one motivation in my life to see the people that live for themselves, how horrible it is, that's one of my motivations. I don't want to walk in that way. There might be a temporary attraction and temptation, but soon you will find yourself like the prodigal son eating with the pigs. In verse 4 it says, In regard to these things, they think it's strange that you do not run with them. Hey, Joaquin, why don't you party with us? Because I stopped eating pig food a long time ago. Kayla, amen. We stop. We're not going to run with the pigs eating pig food. They think it's strange. Man, you're not coming with them. In the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. They think we're weird. In verse 5, they will give an account to him who's ready to judge the living and the dead. They're going to stand before Jesus. They could dance. They could smile. They could run with the wolves. They could dance with the dogs. They're going to give an account one day. It's going to come. They'll be ready one day to give account to him who's ready to judge the living and the dead. And then verse 6, it says, For this reason the gospel was preached also to those that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but alive according to God in the spirit. The curiosities behind the mystery of his will is what keeps me going each day further in this direction. Uh, considered a crazy man, considered a man who's not living the moment, considered a man who's not attaining to the full expression of my ability. You know, we have a lot of abilities, but we lay them down. We're not going to walk in what we understand and what we know. We want to know and understand the heart of God. And for the last good 20 years of my life, I've been seeing the expression of His goodness. 1 John 2.17, all my friends are going for the here and now. And the Bible says the world is passing and so is its lust. What was good to do in a time of past is not good to do today. To be a punk rocker 20 years ago was fun. But it has digged you deep into the ditch in modern times. He says, the world is passing away and the lust, the desires of it. But he who does the will of God has, is sitting on the top the whole time. It doesn't grow old. It doesn't pass. The will of God uh, it, it shines brighter every moment. Um, a friend of mine I met a couple of weeks ago was introduced to Calvin Duncan, who's a pastor now. But he was 25 years, uh, about 25 years ago. He was 25 years old, 25 years ago, and it was the second round draft pick of the 
National Basketball Association, the NBA. And in the second round, he was the choice of the Chicago Bulls to go play with Michael Jordan. And he was selected in the second round draft pick for the Chicago Bulls in 1985. And he says, thank you, but no thank you. I must go do the will of God. I must go preach the gospel because I only have one opportunity to reach lost souls. And so he, started, he joined another team, which is a Athletes in Action. It's a traveling team that goes to all the states in the union. And they play basketball. And at halftime and after halftime, they preach the gospel to college people. And that glory will not fade. To have been Michael Jordan and been a championship will fade. But the glory of those who do the will of God will never fade. Amen. And he'll stand proudly before the throne of Jesus Christ, the eternal King of kings. And he will say, I laid down my glory that you might have the glory. You know what's going to happen there. That's a testimony. That's a real man of God. That's a faithful man of God who decided, yeah, he had the opportunity to do something great, but he chose something greater, which was to do the will of God. And I pray that my sons and the people in this house will be the same caliber and character. We have many opportunities, but only one opportunity to serve God with all fullness. And the Bible says the world is passing and the desires are passing, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Matthew 6, 9, Jesus taught us how to pray. It wasn't concerning a new house and a new car. It was concerning, Father, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Come down and tell us what you want us to do. And I want to do the fullness of what you want us to do. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9, he says, In thy manner pray, O Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Verse 10. Your kingdom come, your, your leadership in my life, your rule in my life, your order in my life, so that what you have planned will be established here on earth and then in heaven, just like it is in heaven. Fulfill what you have planned for me. In Matthew 26, 39, we see Jesus struggling with that when he says he, he went a little farther and he fell on his face on the ground and prayed, my father, if it's possible, pass this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, not what I have determined. I want to see your glory. I want to see your purpose. I want to be, be an agent, of, an instrument of your hands. So then, it's very important that we not walk. Tell your neighbor, don't walk as a fool. Walk as a wise man. Ephesians chapter... Um, I believe it's chapter 5, verse 18. We're going to start in verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly. Find out what the specifications are. Not as fools, but as wise. Don't walk foolishly. Uh, we have an opportunity every day to make a foolish decision. We have an opportunity every day to do that thing which is just going to clutter up our schedule and our time. Don't walk as fools, but as wise men. Why? Verse 16, because the days are evil. You don't have time to fool around. I, I don't know that you have an opportunity to make yourself take a detour out of the will of God for a season. We've talked about a man who took a 20-year detour out of the will of God. 
He told God, this is summertime. Let me, let me go for three months and do whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want. Let me get outside of your will and do a little bit for me. And then 20 years later, you see the man coming back totally destroyed, totally divorced, losing his children, losing his spouse, losing the very treasures and assets God had entrusted to him. The days are evil. Don't take a time out. Don't say, I'll be obedient tomorrow. Say today, today I'm going to do all that God wills. I'm going to line up with his will. Verse 17, he says, therefore, do not be unwise. Well, how do I stop being foolish? How do I stop being unwise? By understanding what the will of the Lord is. Lord, what is your will? What is it you want me to do? Many times it'll say, it'll be stand still. It'll be a word, wait. And you're like, this, is, this can't be the will of God. I'm not doing nothing. Well, a great part of doing the will of God is waiting upon God. Waiting upon His seasons. Being wise to understand that even in every regard, there's an opportunity to slow down and to wait. Do not be unwise. Understand the will of God. And then verse 18, you gotta, every time you talk about the will of God, you got to talk about the Spirit of the Lord. And he says, do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation but filled with the Spirit. If we're going to be people that do the will of God, it's going to require us to be saturated by the Spirit of God. I'm, I'm telling you right now that we've known the Father who sent the Son. We know the Son because the Son has forgiven us of sins. But we as a people are very unacquainted with the Spirit of God. We're very shallow when it comes to understand that he says, do not leave Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. You're not going to be able to, to know and to do and to fulfill the will of God if you are distant or have quenched or have grieved the Spirit of God. Because I can tell you one time, and I'll just say it once, the fuel, the rocket fuel that fuels the life of a Christian is the Holy Ghost. It's the Spirit of God. It causes you to speak things that only God would speak. Think things that only God would think. He says, I don't leave you as an orphan. I don't leave you disconnected. I've given you the Spirit of God to connect you to the mind of God. Amen. To the strength of God. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be saturated. This is, this is the, the overwhelming sense of of destiny and purpose in my life is the fact that the Spirit of God is heavy over me, heavy upon me, and not just when I come to church. All day long, feel the Spirit of God just upon my life, and I'm always double-checking, Lord, is this what you want? And the Spirit of God says, yes, this is, this is what my Word says, and He brings to reminder, He rem reminds me of the things that Jesus has said, the things that He has instructed. And so back in the Old Testament, Zechariah says, it's not by power, it's not by might, but by my spirit. Zechariah 4.6, it's not your ability to walk in your strength. Many of us want to achieve the purpose of God in our natural mindset. It's not. It's the spirit of the Lord. Ask the spirit of God to come upon you, to saturate you, your conversations, your relationships. 
It's a, it's a spirit that will direct your life. In John chapter 3, verse 8, it says, The wind blows wherever it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. It will direct your steps. It will direct your words. It will direct your relationships. It will direct your schedule. It will direct the timing of God, which is perfect. Everything according to the will of God must be according to the time of God. You must know what time it is in the Spirit. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot know where it comes from and where it's going. That is the life of a person that's filled with the Spirit of God. He's not doing his own thing. He's following the directions and the directives of the Spirit of God. Romans 8.26, likewise, the Spirit, it helps in our weaknesses. It fills us with strength, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself begins to speak words with groanings which cannot be uttered. It starts revealing the heart of God to your life. Verse 27, it is He who searches the heart and knows the mind of the Spirit. Because He makes perpetual intercession for the saints according to the will of God. He's lining you up to the will of God. Lining you up to the will of God. Some people tell me, Pastor, I'm not going to follow the Spirit of God. I said, I know, you're following a wicked spirit. You're not following the Spirit of God. You're following a wicked spirit, and it's leading you to the wrong relationships in the wrong outcome. You're going to end up being led by a different spirit. And there's many spirits, you guys know, there's many. He says, I have not given you a spirit of fear. Many of you do everything in life according to a spirit of fear. And it's not the one that's supposed to dictate your life. In fact, I've determined I will never make a decision based on fear. Why? Because that's not the spirit that leads me. The spirit that leads me is a spirit of faith. A spirit of love. And the fruits of the spirit are there in Galatians 5.22 where it says, This is the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is peace, it's joy, it's love, it's long-suffering, it's kindness. This is the Spirit that leads us to the will of God. If you're going with every opposite Spirit, instead of love, you're going with hatred. Instead of joy, you're going with resentment. Instead of peace, you're going with anxiety. Instead of patience, you're going with impatience, hostility. Instead, with that, instead of going in kindness, you're going in rudeness. You're doing all things in a different Spirit. Instead of faithfulness, you're unfaithful. This is, this is saturated our time and our place. As we talk about these things, we see them having that expression. Genesis 1 verse 2. In the beginning, the, the earth was without form. It was empty. It was dark. Deformity, voidness, and no light. And God sent his spirit there to begin to do a work. How many have received that spirit? The spirit that brings to fill your life. You don't need to be empty and, and asking people for attention and asking people for things that they can't give you. Have you ever been that type of person? That you're always going, I'm going to go to Sammy because I know Sammy's going to fill my life. And then Sammy doesn't fill my life. Well, I'm going to go to the Mike. I'm Mike, you hang out with me, man, because you're going to fill my life. Mike doesn't fill my life. And then finally have to realize, wait a second, Lord, only you can fill my need. Amen. Only you can embrace me. Only you can, can make me feel whole. 
And it's important that we would walk like this. In the beginning, the earth was, uh, verse 2, Genesis uh, chapter 1, verse 2, the earth was no, had no form. It was empty, void, dark. But the Spirit of God came over that place and began to, and to direct the work of God upon that place. You know, one of the things about doing the will of God is you have to want it. And I've, I've met a lot of people that go to church. I've met a lot of so-called Christians. I met a lot of people that read the Bible and know it back and forward. I know a lot of people that do religious things, but I have met few people in this world that will pay all it takes to do the will of God. And, and Jesus came to this world and began to teach the will of God to everybody, and they began to say, well, how, what if that's not the will of God? Well, we don't believe that you can lead us to the will of God. We don't believe there is such a thing as a... Listen to me. In John 17, verse 7, he says the only way... No, I'm sorry, John 7, 17. John 7, 17. The only way that you will know the will of God, if anyone wants to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it's from God or whether I speak of my own authority. It's not only until you start walking in the fulfilling the will of God that anything makes sense. If you're not into doing the will of God, then everything we have spoken this morning makes no sense. Because the word of God are for those that want to do the will of God. And many will say, I go to church. Well, this is the, this is the will of God. Well, I don't want to do that. So if you don't want to do the will of God, God does not reveal the will of God. And he says, when you begin to start desiring to do the will of God, my words will make sense to you. If you just want to be religious... If you just want to come to church on Sunday so you can call yourself a good Christian man, but the rest of the week you're oblivious to the will of God, you're oblivious to the conduct and character of those that do His will, it's not going to be revealed. So it's important for us to say, if anyone wants to do the will of God, then the doctrine is going to make sense, and this is not just a bunch of opinions. Well, that's your opinion, Pastor. Well, that's your opinion. Well, that's, well that, that was in the 18th century. That was, in the, that was Paul. No, that was, that was Timothy. No, that was Peter, and Peter was Jewish. So Paul was, and, and they start mixing up because they don't want to do the will of God. The person who wants to do the will of God will do what it says in Romans 12.1. I present myself entirely as a living sacrifice, not my will, Lord. And Paul says this. Paul was one of those people that was passionate about the will of God. He says, I beseech you, I beg you, that by the mercies of God, you present your bodies as a living sacrifice to find out what's pleasurable to God. Because this is what he's called us to. In verse 2, he says like this. He says, do not be, take the form of this world. Do not walk like this world walks, but be transformed in the way you think so that you might be able to see that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. How it all falls in place. I just can't wait to see the fulfillment of God's purpose in the life of those people that present themselves. And say, Lord, I've come to do your will. Give me the, give me the game plan of why I exist. Why did you give me the experiences you've experienced, I've experienced? Why did you put me in the family that you've put me in? Why did I have the mom that you gave me? Why did you give me a dad like this? 
And then when you present yourself to God, um, even like Bernadette Todd, even like the gentleman without limbs, Nicholas, every person. I I met a a family uh, two days ago who, who had a child with brain damage. I said, God didn't mess up. God has a plan. God has the fulfillment of a purpose that he has inside of everything that you see that's twisted. So you present yourself to God entirely. Don't think like the world. Think like God. And then you'll be able to see what his plan is, which is good, perfect, and acceptable. It's, the, it's that fit that makes you not feel like life is a waste of time. The will of God involves a team. Say with me, team. And if you are a non-team player, then you'll never see the, the, the will of God. God will put you in a team. That team could be a family. That team could be a church. That team could be a ministry. He says there in 1 Corinthians 12, 12, just as the body is one and it has many members, all the members of the body, though there are many, are one body. So it is with Christ. So it is with Christ. Verse 13. For by one spirit, say one spirit, spirit. we were all baptized into one body. It doesn't matter if we're Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. We have all been made to drink into one spirit. The will of God is that many will become one. So many times Jesus was challenged on this. And he says, hey, come aside. And he says, I won't come aside. Well, why won't you come aside? Mark chapter 3, verse 35. He says, I won't go to a side because those that are part of my team are those who desire to do the will of God. You're going to feel very cheap and a very extra and a very outside of the fullness of his will unless you are one of those that are wanting to do the will of God. Whoever does the will of God is the one that's connected to me. I want to be your brother. I want to be your sister. I want to be your father. But if you're not connected to the will of God, you're not connected to me. And so they told Jesus, your mother and your brothers and sisters are outside. And he says, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. While I know that that's where I come from, I'm connected to those who are connected to the will of God. My affinity is on that team that God put me in. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my mother. And I I try very hard to become one and to have an affinity with many. But I find myself having a serious falling out with those that are concerning themselves with another matter. Another priority. I guess I belong to another family. To those that do the will of God. To those that are not walking like this world wants us to walk. Ephesians 2.12 says, remember that you were at one time separated. At one time we weren't like this. Man, I had so many friends. How many say amen? My friends were my brothers. Until I decided to do the will of God. Until I decided to take God serious. Until I decided to walk by the Spirit of the Lord. Until I decided to lay my life down. That at that time you were without Christ. You were were being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. You were strangers to His covenants. You were stranger to the promises. You had no hope and you were without God in this world. That was one time we were separated. But through the Spirit of the Lord, we were connected. Acts chapter 13, verse 36. The game plan, just in case somebody missed it. The game plan for our existence in this world is to do the will of God as we serve our generation. Don't aspire to serve Donald Trump and David Letterman. 
Don't aspire to serve um, uh, Mary Kay products or some other, you know, accomplishment earthly. They're going to give you all the awards and all the accolades, but you're going to miss the purpose of God. You're going to miss the plan of God. For David, after he had served, served, served his own generation by the will of God. The will of God will lead you to serve your generation. He then fell asleep and was buried with his fathers and saw corruption. He was buried. He went through that place. And then for some of you are a little bit confused with respect to your relationships in the will of God. And so the Lord had to write specifically in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. You know, those of you that are dabbling into pornography or those of you that have an affair or those of you that have relationships out of God's purpose, he says, this is the will of God. Your sanctification. You need to have a holy mindset. You need to heal up here from sexual twistedness. There's nothing more profound in the life of any human being than his sexual identity. And if you're not walking in the will of God, if you're not walking with holiness and purity, if you're not walking in a manner which allows you to not sway the will of God, a lot of you guys will be swayed by sexual innuendos, by the sexual lust of the flesh. And he says, this is the will of God. Your sanctification, your separation, your holiness. Verse 4, not like the Gentiles. Each of you should possess his own body in honor. Not doing what's not honorable. Not doing what's unclean. Verse 5, not in the passions of the lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God. See, if, if God doesn't have a purpose... If he doesn't have a pleasure, if he doesn't have a will, then I can do whatever I want and it doesn't matter. But if I'm going to accomplish what God wants me to accomplish, I need to understand that the will of God for my life is holiness, sexual purity. I can't dabble in those things that confuse me and draw me away from God. He's saying so that verse 6, no one take advantage of and defraud his brother. Because of this, the Lord is the avenger of all. There's, forget about the avengers. God is an avenger. God is going to come and do justice where there's injustice. He's going to correct things that are wrong against those that are walking inappropriately. Verse 7, for God did not call us. Say it with me, brethren. God did not call us to uncleanness, but to holiness. And all that junk is a bunch of junk. It comes to dirty you. It comes to defile you. It comes to strip you of a sound mind. And verse 8, therefore he who rejects this, therefore he who rejects this does not reject man, but God who has given us his Holy Spirit. If you're attentive to the Spirit of God, you're going you're to fulfill the call of God for your life. You're going to fulfill everything that God wants for you. You're not going to walk in sexual lust, immorality, the desires of the flesh, all the things that are unclean, the things that the Gentiles passionately go after. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, this is the will of God, that in everything we should be thankful. How many of you know somebody that would rather die than to give thanks for anything? Oh, I can't believe this. Hey, I can't believe this. Look what they're giving out. Look what they're doing. Look what they're coming. Where are they going? If you're complaining, you're not giving thanks. But he says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. Ooh, I broke my arm. Thank you, Lord. Ah, ah. 
In everything, give thanks, because he has a purpose for everything. Say with me, in everything. everything. Give thanks. A lot of you give thanks after things. It says in everything. In your problem, give thanks. Why? Because it's the will of God. Because all the stuff that comes when we don't give thanks brings added insult and injury. Brings more fear. It brings more bitterness. It brings more resentment, more anxiety. But as soon as you give thanks, God is in control. God is in control when you give thanks. And you're not letting anything rise up above that. In everything, give thanks. Well, verse 19. Do not quench the Holy Ghost. Do not quench the Spirit. When you're complaining, when you're justifying, when you're whimpering, when you're, I can't believe this, all that quenches the Spirit of God. Give thanks. Lord, thank you that I have somebody to correct me. Thank you that I have somebody that speaks to me. Thank you that this situation happened. Thank you that this person is going through that, which gives us an opportunity to understand things. Thank you, Lord. And finally, I want to read 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 15. That as we do the will of God, we're putting t- silence to men. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. The more we do the will of God, the more the people say we're stupid and crazy. When they see the results and the fruits of us that do the will of God, they're going to go... Let me not talk anymore because I'm seeing the glory of God. I'm seeing the purpose of God. I'm seeing the joy of God. Let's stand this uh, afternoon, this morning. And you know, you be one of those persons that is known by doing the will of God. If somebody comes up and say, hey, you want to go out? You say, I don't know. Are you the will of God for my life? What, What does that have to do with anything? Well, I only do the will of God. So you're wasting your time. You're wasting your time. Hey, you want to go make a lot of money? Is it the will of God? Well, it doesn't matter. You'll make money. I don't want to make money. I want to do the will of God. Hey, I got a great opportunity. This is it the will of God. Because if it's not the will of God, I'm not interested. I'm not detracted. I'm not unfocused. Is it part of the will of God for my life? Hey, there's a great concert. Is it the will of God? Hey, there's a great gathering. Is it the will of God? Hey, you got an opportunity for some discount going to De Le Mans. Is it the will of God? And the women say, yeah, Amen. <laughs> Don't go there. Don't go there. You guys got to be passionate of the will of God. And only those that are saturated by the Spirit of God will fulfill the will of God. And when you fulfill the will of God, you're going to shine bright. You're going to feel incredible. You're going to be satisfied. Your children will say, my father walked in the purpose of God. He didn't let it go by unannounced. He didn't let it go by for naught. I know that this this church was risen up to do the will of God. To do a powerful move upon the earth for such a time as this. For such a time as this, as we're instructing, as we're pressing in. We're not wasting our time. If we were just another church, I would would close down this church and go to another church. Let's go to some other church. But if we're going to pursue the will of God, let's become full of the Spirit of God. Let's get saturated so we understand the times we live in. So we understand the enemies we're fighting. I'm telling you right now, when Jesus was telling Peter, he says, the devil has asked for you on a silver plate. If you're in this church, I have no doubt that your head has a price.
I have no doubt. Because your children are being trained up to be world changers. I have no doubt that the devil's going to be throwing all arsenals in your direction to be deflected by every power and presence of God, the armor of the Lord. The Bible says, No weapon formed against us shall prosper. No weapon. But let us press into the will of God. And it's not the will of God for us to be dishonorable. It's not the will of God for us to, to lose opportunity. It's not the will of God for us to be defeated. He says He takes us from glory to glory, from victory to victory, from triumph to triumph, even to the very expression of His goodness towards our life. And when you talk about the will of God, you're talking about doing God's pleasure. Doing that which brings pleasure to the heart of God. Let's sing this song to God and you say, Lord, I want to be part of your glory. I want to do your will. Hallelujah. Your will remains always the same. Truth everlasting today. 